Happy Friday. I'm Brian Colbert Kennedy, and this is Important Not Important, science for people who give a shit. The newsletter features the most important science news, how to think about it, and what the hell you can do about it. Hit subscribe right now so you get this audio newsletter every Friday, plus our conversations with the smartest people in the world on Mondays. You can find the digital version and links to everything at newsletter.importantnotimportant.com or right from your show notes. It's Friday, March 4th, 2022. In climate change news, the latest report from the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, titled Climate Change 2022 Impacts Adaptation and Vulnerability, composed by 270 researchers from 67 countries, was released on Monday comes in at a brisk 3,600-plus pages, and has been described by poet and UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres as, quote, an atlas of human suffering and a damning indictment of failed climate leadership. So, let's break it down a bit because this is a 1,500-word newsletter, not five phone books stacked atop one another. Here's a potpourri of relevant numbers from Bloomberg. 3.3 to 3.6 billion. The number of people globally living in settings that are highly vulnerable to climate change. 44%. The share of all disaster events since the 1970s that have been related to flooding. 50%. The share of the human population that may be exposed to periods of life-threatening climatic conditions arising from coupled impacts of extreme heat and humidity by 2100 in a low-emissions scenario. 2050. The date by which simulations project the Arctic Ocean will likely become practically free of summer sea ice for the first time. 99%, the estimated percentage of the world's coral lost with a temperature rise of 2 degrees Celsius. 10 to 25%, the projected increase in losses in global yields of rice, maize, and wheat per degree of warming. 17%, the share of mobilized private finance related to climate change devoted to... And 17%, the share of mobilized private finance related to climate change devoted to Africa from 2016 to 2018. So let's try to understand this. Take a big step back. We have made substantial progress in the past 15 years. We've probably avoided worst-case scenarios. But it's nowhere near enough. This report specifically focuses on real-world impact, not just numbers. And we have to keep this pasta under 1.5 degrees Celsius, and we're not currently on track to do that. I recommend diving into the variety of worthy explainers out there, but the message is crystal clear. From Florida floods to California fires, from the U.S. president to the U.S. Supreme Court, from South America to Africa, from carbon-sucking trees to carbon-sucking machines, from biodiversity losses to racist disaster relief, from offshore wind to climate migration, from carbon to methane, we've got to do so much more right now. The good news is, that's why we're here. It's so easy to feel overwhelmed by all of this, but I promise you, we can fucking do this. There's so many incredible people working along the front lines of our climate future. There are so many opportunities to write a new future that is cleaner and more equitable, to build more just societies, entirely new economies, the biggest markets of all time. Whatever your passions, whatever your skills, whatever your resources, there's a place for you. Your action step? Elections have enormous consequences, apparently, and November 2022 is right around the corner. Donate to and get involved with the Environmental Voter Project, which identifies inactive environmentalists and transforms them into consistent voters to build the power of the environmental movement. In COVID news, vaccine equity update, just 13% of people in low-income countries have received at least one dose, and 36.9% of people worldwide have received no doses. The news. Freshly unmasked, the U.S. CDC and Biden administration are out with new guidelines and a revised plan on how to reduce deaths and contain future waves. 
America may be falling woefully behind other developed countries in the vaccination rankings, but in response to dropping case rates and blue state mask mandates, and with increasing political pressure, the CDC's colorful new guidelines take the onus off policymakers and put them on you. Is your local hospital getting crushed? If no, feel free to skip the mask. If you do feel symptoms, pick up a free test at a pharmacy or use one you've already got at home. There's plenty for now. If you test positive, well, that's where Biden's new one-stop-shop plan comes into effect, if Congress funds it. A pharmacist will check for potentially serious interactions with your current medicines, and if you're clear, offer you a free, same-day course of Paxlovid, reduces hospitalization or death by 89% if provided within five days of symptoms. Exciting! There's only one problem. At the moment, only doctors and pharmacies with on-site medical clinics can prescribe the drug. While I agree that this is the best moment we've had yet to assess our astounding success to date and to reassess our public health plans, I'm frankly unsure how this one-size-fits-all, liberty-forward approach fulfills the public part. Namely, how it protects the millions of high-risk individuals from pre-existing conditions or close-quarters work and or those who don't respond to vaccines, many of whom suffer under America's pre-existing condition, being a person of color. And none of this forgives or plans to address the gaping societal holes COVID made worse. Millions of children left without caregivers and a mental health crisis, the likes of which we have zero idea how to deal with. More on that to come. I believe we can put together the massive coordination effort required among the government, test makers, pharmacies, and relaxed slash adjusted prescription rules to make test to treat work. But addressing the whole kit and caboodle means not just testing for and treating the latest variant, but addressing the underlying systemic weaknesses that made us so vulnerable to the virus in the first place. Your action step. There's no one better suited to explain endemicity than our best friend, Dr. Nahid Bedelia, and team at Boston University's Center for Emerging Infectious Disease Policy and Research. Get prepared for what's coming and tune into their panel on March 9th at 1 to 2 Eastern right here. In food and water news... For all of our success in reducing poverty worldwide, every tenth person still lives in extreme poverty, less than $1.90 a day, leaving subsidence farming the default for many and affordable food out of grasp. The war in Ukraine is putting crops like wheat even further out of reach for many, starting with the people in those two countries. Russia and Ukraine are among the world's most prolific exporters of wheat, corn, and vegetable oil, and with the fossil fuel Fueled war, crippling sanctions, shipping clusterfucks, a more volatile climate, and food prices already at their highest since 2011, a thousand years ago, I think, people in food insecure countries like Egypt, Yemen, Bangladesh, and many in sub-Saharan Africa will suffer further. Your action step. Long-time shit-givers shouldn't be surprised that Jose Andreas and the World Central Kitchen team sprang into action this week on the Ukrainian border, feeding tens of thousands of refugees. They've now expanded into Ukraine itself and have served over 50,000 meals and counting. We got two action steps. Feed Ukrainian refugees through WCK and help lift one person above poverty elsewhere by donating just $30 a month with our friends at GiveDirectly. The links are in the newsletter. In health and bio news... That the United States and many other countries are suffering through a mental health crisis probably isn't news to you or your doctor or your kids or your kids' teachers or your kids' pediatrician. You get the point. The question is, if we were ill-prepared to even talk about mental health in a more transparent, generous, and productive way before COVID, how will we improve on those metrics and expand support and access for affordable treatment in coming years? The Biden administration, again, I mean, it's State of the Union week, so there's plans spilling out onto the White House lawn, announced a new strategy for calling for, among others, 
training programs for clinicians, community health workers, and peer specialists, support for frontline health workers, improving veterans' care, expanding telehealth access, and improved online protections for everyone, but especially kids. With climate volatility growing, days are getting hotter, and a recent analysis showed that hotter days means 8% more ER visits for mental health emergencies. And that's probably an understatement because the analysis didn't include the uninsured. Enter mental health tech startups, flush with funding and millions of new users, but slightly bereft of evidence that they actually work. Insurance companies have questions, too. There's so much market potential for digital therapeutics, so much hunger for a system made easier, more affordable, more accessible, more personal, right on your phone. But that's the wrap. Shouldn't a product or category that could be so enormously impactful also have the highest bullshit threshold? It's easy to say it's just a meditation app, but that would be being ignorant of how much people are suffering and looking for help, how much AI is being misused, how much lateral jumps could cause great harm, and how much money stands to be made from this market. Give the pharmaceutical industry a cookie, and they'll take a mile. Your action step. Not everyone is physically capable, and you should always talk to your doctor first, but if you're suffering from anxiety or depression, there's one therapy that's got plenty of data behind it. Exercise. Take care of yourself. In beep-boop news, Pegasus might sound like the coolest unicorn ever, and it is, but it's also among the most widely used and hellishly invasive spyware ever deployed, often by governments against critics, journalists, and politicians, among others. And that's why many people want it banned entirely. Let's remember that, like public health, your data health is my data health, and vice versa. Governments, corporations, and other hackers don't just track critics, journalists, and politicians. They track my location, and they track yours, too, every day. And then they match them together and ping them off a huge variety of other data and devices. And then data brokers sell the whole thing off, and you mostly never notice. Pegasus is not that. We need not only new cultural expectations, but new internal and external rules with carrots and sticks that are delicious and hurt in that order. A significant and questionably steadfast gap remains between the early principles of AI ethics and the standardized implementation of practices that aren't invasive, racist, unpredictable, or all three. Principles that safeguard our myriad data if they allow for collecting them at all. In that gap lies us, massive wealth, and the alignment problem. Who watches The Watchmen? Your action step. Listen to our conversation with Carissa Valise, professor at the Institute for Ethics in AI at the University of Oxford and author of Privacy is Power, and then read her book to find out how to protect yourself. The links are in the newsletter. And here's 10 things from our notebook. Can hemp get PFAS out of soil? Beyond meat sales slump as competition sizzles, the CRISPR patent was reversed, and wow. There's a massive new Alzheimer's study he types for the 41st time. Twitter's expanding Birdwatch, their fact-checking program. Vatican launches online platform to help Catholics fight climate change. A new binding Ziploc international treaty could start to clean up plastic waste. Two-fifths of London businesses are at risk of flooding. Kenya's using solar panels over crops to harvest the sun twice. And the Netherlands has almost 5 million e-bikes. We love e-bikes. All right, that's the news for this week. Hit subscribe right now so you get next week's analysis straight to your feed. To go deeper on any of the news or to find your action steps, go to newsletter.importantnotimportant.com. Thanks for being a part of our community. And thanks, as always, for giving a shit. Have a great weekend, everyone. 